It truly is a great privilege to be with you uh, once again as we initiate our second session regarding last day's realities, narcissism, murder, and fear. Now, I know that's quite a title, but I'm going to tell you something. In the last days, according to Isaiah chapter 5, evil will become as good, good will become as evil, and there will be a spirit of narcissism, uh, really, that can only be adequately defined according to the scriptures themselves in, in 2 Timothy 3, uh, verses 1 through uh, 5. And murder is intrinsic to the reality of narcissism and fear. Uh, <clears throat> I believe that this series is going to be incredibly important to you. I'm going to read 2 Timothy, uh, the first uh, four verses, uh, five verses, and then I'm going to share in depth with you the rationales for why we are entering into this series, I believe it will be one of the most important series you ever listen to. Now, now listen very closely to what I'm going to say. There's a, a lot of good teaching in, in the context of the last days, in the context of uh, Revelation, the book of Revelation, in the context of the book of Daniel, and other scriptures throughout uh, the Bible itself. And, you know, they talk about the beast and, uh, you know, what the left foot of the beast represents, etc. Uh, rapture, whatever persuasion you're from, whether it's no rapture, uh, you know, pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. <clears throat> all that's good. Listen to me. All of it's good, you know, about the beast and the governments and etc. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, there is a special blessing to those who read it. And, and I love teachers like a Perry Stone or someone like that. I believe in studying scripture on the last days. One of the main persons, uh, his name is Joseph Jeremita. He was assistant pastor at the church that I became ordained in, and he discipled me. And boy, he was just tremendous. He was a scholar in the context of uh, last days theology. But one of the things I believe that we miss is the reality of how it will affect us in a personal manner, how to be prepared to deal with it in the context of ourselves, the church, and society, and just the, the dynamics, the variables intrinsic to the realities in the last days personally. I, I believe this is going to change your life. So let, let's get right to it. Let's read 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. And let's let the scripture speak for itself. I'm going to read the King James Version, and I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, this know. See, we need to be like the tribe of Issachar, which was an apostolic uh, tribe, a prophetic tribe that knew the signs of the times, the Bible said. It says, this know also that in the last days, <clears throat> perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. See, it says perilous times will come, not because the beast is rising up, although that's true, but here it says perilous times will come because men shall enter into a spirit of narcissism. They will enter into such an egotistical, uh, honestly, loving lovers of themselves. I, and, and Jesus, all right. For men shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, Disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good. Wow. Traitors, 
heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but not denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Isn't it interesting that they will have a form of godliness? The majority of people that enter into these traits, they will be churchgoers. Mm. All right, let's read the Amplified. Listen so closely. Listen so closely. It says, but understand this, that in the last days will come perilous times of great stress and trouble mm, to deal with and hard to bear. <clears throat> For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered. I'm going to repeat that. Lovers of self and utterly self-centered. Mm. Aroused by an inordinate greed, desire for wealth. Doesn't mean it's bad to have a desire to gain wealth. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, we are to have that desire. But this is an inordinate, greedy desire for wealth. Proud and arrogant contemptuous boasters. Now listen to this. They will be abusers of others. They will be abusers of mankind. They will be abusive. Mm. Blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection. Relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanders, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce haters of good. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers of God. Mmm, Jesus. For although they hold a form of piety, of religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of God. Wow. Avoid such people. Turn away from these. All right. Now, I want to give you five main rationales for why it is imperative that you have an understanding of what will go on in the last days to know what you're up against, <clears throat> to be able to discern those who are narcissistic, those who are, those who will try to kill you. I'm going to tell you something. There is right now in the church of Jesus Christ the spirit of narcissism that's never been seen before, and honestly, most of the people in the church don't even know it. I, I won't give, there are pastors, leaders that are so narcissistic that they really are not pastors to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. They are, they are pastors that are fulfilling the lust of their flesh for control, manipulation, and even almost a, a, a type of being worshipped by the congregation rather than giving their lives up for the sheep. And many of the sheep don't even know it. I'm not trying to be negative. I won't give you an exam examples that'll set your hair on end. I gave you a few in our initial session. All right. So our first, and in some ways foremost, rationale for doing this series is to identify the narcissistic individual 
who is being a vehicle of destruction. I'm going to say that again. It's to identify the narcissistic individual who is being a vehicle of destruction. To you personally. Let's use the example of marriage. I can't tell you in the last year and a half the number of, of individuals whom I have personally counseled in, in our counseling center that have been degraded abused, I mean controlled by a spouse 90% of the time it's a man, and they feel guilty, they're made to feel guilty by the narcissist and just bringing to light some of the horrendous things that he's doing because they're controlled by him, they are degraded by him, and they are made the thought that when they try to in any way negate this behavior in him that they are the ones that are at fault. This is especially true with Christian women because they're taught to be submitted to your husband. But you know what? Submission is good. But not when your husband is telling you to have sex with somebody else while he watches to get his lust fulfilled. Submit, and we're not to be submitted to our husbands and things contrary to Jesus Christ. We're not to be submitted to a man that degrades us to the point where we no longer even have a, 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 a worth of anything except to do what he says to satisfy his lust. Again, in the marriage, the narcissist will cause, and usually it's a man, to be dependent on him to the point that's almost like I know I'm being abused. I know I'm being degraded. I, I know that, that the husband is telling my children that, that there's something wrong with me. And they're treating me like he treats me. It's almost like I, I am the, the servant of the children rather than being honored by the children. He's made, he's made himself, uh, the wife dependent on him, degrade, I mean, incessantly. And here's what's amazing. I have had numerous women, I mean, I'm talking doctors, vice presidents of universities. I'm talking women that, that work in law enforcement that are, that are amazing. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And they have come in their own mind because they've been treated this way, that they are inferior to their husbands when their husbands honestly are reckless and sometimes they don't even have a job. Yet many times, the narcissist is somebody that's a very professional person. Uh, they enjoy success, even uh, uh, wealth. But the bottom line is this. They get their kicks. They get their whatever they get out of controlling their wives, degrading their wives. <clears throat> their wives can never, you know what, be above them, never be equal to them. And unfortunately, there are so many doctrines in the church that are wrong doctrines, evil doctrines that validate the narcissist. Well, <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to take six weeks off to go hunting. 
yeah, my wife has, yeah, we have five kids. She'll take care of the kids. She'll, she'll continue to homeschool. She'll do this. She'll do this. She'll vacuum. He comes home after six weeks of, of doing things with his friends, doesn't even appreciate what she's done, and then point out the things that she hasn't done in the house, whether it's vacuuming or whatever, when she has all the responsibilities just so he can do his thing. And then he doesn't have money, he tells her, for her to buy a sewing machine, for her to buy a, a second-hand car, for her to be able to enter into buying a dress. That, that I'll I tell you what, it is so prevalent that, that, that honestly, it, it's, it's, it's pathetic. Someone says, why doesn't somebody just get out of it? Because the narcissist is usually intellectually persuasive. He is profoundly manipulative. He will make anything and everything look like it's the wife's fault when he is the person that is doing the destruction. I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right to it right now. And if what I say now offends you, I'm going to tell you something. You need to examine your own self and you need to see what the gospel is. Notice in our title, and we're going to get to this specifically. We have last days realities. Narcissism, murder, and fear. I have seen husbands come to the point when their wife is taking a proactive stand and saying, you know what? You're hurting my son and daughter because you degrade them when, when they are not successful like you think they should be. And the, the narcissist gets so angry. Uh, let me give you a few situations. You have a little girl that's a good athlete. Uh, she's eight and nine years old. She's doing real well on, on the softball team. Now she gets into junior high. She's not doing the greatest. She's going through some things emotionally. And the narcissistic father asks, acts like he's a great father. But you see, he's mm, the narcissist will always put people in their place. They will give them a role that they have to fulfill, even if it's not God-given, to satisfy their own flesh. So th this little girl, she's now in junior high school. She's in seventh grade. And she says, Dad, I, I just don't think I, I, I want to play softball again. But she's a very good athlete. Her dad begins to degrade her. Her dad begins to manipulate her. Her dad begins to shun her and, and treat her uh, less of a person than her brother who's still in sports. And the wife comes along and says, you know what? You are hurting our daughter emotionally. You are hurting our daughter in a way that, I mean, that's shameful. He will put the blame on the wife and he will enter in, honestly, I've seen this happen over and over again. Where actually in counseling, when, when the narcissist will come, and I, I say, you know what, if you could, just because your wife is getting in your way, and you're not getting your way, if you had the opportunity, and you could get away with it, you would kill her. And many, different times the narcissistic husband well, just put his head down and laugh. But I've had a number of them say, you know what? That's right. I mean, for something as small as that. For, for the mom saying, you know what? Won't you just let her? Yeah, she's playing a, a violin. And she wants to do violin. Let her do this. I mean, for something as simple as this. I mean, he would literally. 
I had one guy say, yeah, you know, we, we both have guns in our house. And I've thought about it numerous times. I, I, I would somehow, you know, she, died, she gets shot and, and saying it was an accident. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't think this spirit is real, man, I'll tell you what, you need to wake up. Glory, I, I tell you, you just need to wake up. You, you know, the bottom line is this. Uh, this is for real. In marriages, it's the number one reason for sexual abuse. But I want to tell you something. It's real in the church. I mean, a narcissistic pastor. I, I'm going to tell you something. Narcissistic elders or just somebody that's leading the Bible. They can be narcissistic as hell itself. Now, you say you brought in this variable of murder. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said this to the Pharisees. You want an example of people that are narcissistic, an exemplification of hell itself? It's the religious leaders. Notice in 2 Timothy 3, 2, or 3, 5, it says those who are religious, they will have a semblance of religiosity, but they will deny the power of the living God. And you see, that's why in 2 Timothy 3, it closes by talking about the validity and the power of the scriptures, 2 Timothy 3.16. Because many people that are narcissistic, they negate the scriptures or misuse the scriptures. Jesus. Now, I'm not playing church here. If you want, you want to enter into something that, you know, I'm here to tell you about reality you're going to face in the last days that the devil is, everybody's looking for the devil with a red suit on and a pitchfork. I'm here to tell you something. This is one of his greatest strategies to destroy you, to destroy your family, to destroy your church and your society. Whew. There's a spirit of murder. The Pharisees and the Sadducees they wanted to kill Jesus. In fact, many times in the scriptures, they tried to murder Jesus, to throw him off a cliff, to stone him. When Jesus walked through their midst, I tell you what, you need to learn to walk through the midst of those who would destroy you. I don't want to get ahead of myself. All right. But and Jesus said this, in John 6, he said, you're of, the, you're of your father, the devil. They said, man, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, your father is the devil because he is a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And you are his child. You're Satan's child. Someone says, man, I never heard that. Then read the word. Read the word. Jesus said, those who are not born again are children of the devil, Ephesians 2, are by nature those of evil, those of wrath, those of murder. Someone says, well, how can you say that? He goes to church. He's such a nice person. Can I tell you something? The devil goes to church, man. It's time to enter into the discernment of Jesus for last days. Jesus. There are so many women being abused, controlled, degraded, destroyed. And under the auspices of false doctrine. Well, I, I you know what? Man, I'm against divorce too, but if you need to separate because you're getting beat up, separate. 
It's time to have wisdom. It's time to enter into discernment. So you're ahead of the curve. And so you're not reactive, but you're proactive. Sexual abuse. Notice that the scripture, the scripture says that those in the last days that enter into this love, being a lover of themselves above a lover of God, a lover of their own children, a lover of their spouse, they will be abusers. They will enter into domestic abuse. They will enter into sexual abuse. Man, it's amazing to me how a man who is physically stronger than his wife can hurt her emotionally, can hurt her physically, and even enter into a place of simply being an abuser. Emotional abuse, domestic abuse, sexual abuse. Mm. Jesus. The marriage bed is undefiled. But I'm going to tell you something. You can defile it. Man, I've had people in the last days wanting so-called Christians trying to get their wife to do a threesome or a foursome. I mean, putting their wives in chains and in ascension uh, under the auspices of the marriage bed. You can do whatever you want. You can't beat up your wife in the marriage bed. But I tell a narcissist, he doesn't have a sound mind. So all he is concerned, he's concerned about one thing. If it feels good, do it. If this helps you feel better, do this. You have to be able to identify the narcissist so you can deal with the narcissist in wisdom as he needs to be dealt with. Otherwise, he can destroy you. He can destroy your kids. He can destroy everything around you. Then you get an inheritance. And you put in a bank account. Next thing you know, it's in his bank account. You see that, you know what? The house is not in your name anymore. Somehow it's under his name only. You see this, you see that. Man, a narcissist can enter into adultery and then you find out about it and he blames you for it. You didn't give him enough of this. You didn't give him enough of that. A narcissist, again, as the scripture says, is a lover of himself beyond anything else. And you see, that's his cornerstone. You, you look at adultery, impurity, in the context of purity, and say, my God, it's, it's destruction. He looks at adultery as something he's entitled to. We're going to look at society, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there are, there are billboards being put up now. Experience the thrill of adultery. Call this number. You deserve it. What are they doing? They're appealing to the narcissistic filth, the evil of narcissism within the soul of individuals today and in the heart of the unsaved. All right. Now, that's number one. We're going to go back to this. Society, Isaiah 5. 
Again, concerning the last days, it says, in the last days, and we are in the last days, evil will become good and good will become evil. Right now, there are people trying, the idea that someday in the future, that humans will not be cloned, I'll tell you what, they're going to be cloned. I think Jesus is going to come back right when that happens. Why will humans be cloned? Because of the narcissistic, demonic spirit intrinsic to society. I want my child to be like me. I want my child to be just like me. Or I want my child to have brown eyes rather than blue. I want my child to be athletic. I want my child to be able to dance. I want my child to be able to hit a home run 400 feet. I want my child to do this and we're going to engineer genetically unto that end. And they will laugh at you when you say it's immoral. Because it's not about morality. It's about what satisfies the evil within them. If you are a lover of self, don't you want yourself to be duplicated? It's the antithesis, the counterfeit of Jesus Christ. In love, Jesus said, my son will be the firstborn among many brethren. I have ordained you to be predestined under the image of my son by his blood and by the spirit of the living God. And the narcissist says, I am God. Just like Satan himself said, I am God. I will exalt my throne above the throne of heaven. I will be like the most high. I will be worshipped. I will, I will, I will. I'm here to tell you something. The only person that has a right to say I will is the I am. And unless you're the I am, you can't say I will. The I am is God. And you and I, are made to worship him. Again, this title, Last Days Reality, Narcissism, Murder in Fear. Right now in society, there's a spirit of murder. Man, in Mexico, this year, there will be about 50,000 individuals murdered in the context of the cartels. Genocide has been so prevalent throughout the ages. Whether it's Idi Amin in Uganda destroying two million people. Whether it's Pope Pot in, the, in, in Asia destroying the same amount of people. Whether it's Hitler, six million Jews. I'm going to tell you something. Here's what's interesting. In Germany right now, the same demons that were on Hitler are getting on some of the leaders and cult-like organizations in Germany. It's not just in Germany. It's worldwide. They destroy and murder the Jews again. There's a spirit of murder in our cities in the United States. There's a spirit of murder in our suburbs. There's a spirit of murder in our rural areas. Why? Because people do not value life because they are as God. They think they are. So if they take another, uh, someone's life, it's okay because it's almost like they're entitled to it if in any way that person that they've murdered is infringing upon the lust of their flesh not being realized. 
yesterday, before this taping in Genesis Studios, there was a man that killed another man in McDonald's because he stepped in line in front of him. There is a spirit of murder. But you see, the foundation is narcissism. It's 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 4. The foundation of narcissism is the evil within the unbeliever taking hold as never before in these last days. And it's evil within the soul of the believer because if your mind's not renewed, the, according to Galatians 4.1, the, the five, you will act just like the unbeliever if your soul is, is not transformed, according to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Jesus. This is not a game, man. Murder. Man, abortion is murder. My wife and I, Years ago, 1982, we started the pregnancy center. Now there's four of them that have evolved from that. It's murder. Now, if somebody has had an abortion, God's not condemning you. I, I tell you, nine times out of ten, it's people that manipulated you to enter into the abortion. But even now, it's gone beyond abortion, even in the United States, to infanticide where you can have the baby and still have time to decide to let it die if you think that it's not up to your standards. Murder is in the air. It's in society. Now listen to this one. You say, what's it have to do with me? What has everything to do for, with you? Because the Bible says righteousness exalteth the nation, but evil will bring destruction to it. You have to fight against it. You have to stand up against it. But here's, listen to me. There's profound persecution going on in virtually every nation of the world against Christians. And it's coming to the United States. And here's why. Because they're not just after the baby in the womb to kill it. They're after you. So honest to gosh, there's people in, in, in our political horizon saying that if you're not one going to be like us, if you believe in absolutes, if you're trying to tell me what to do, that, that, there's, a, that there's a wrong and a right, we're going to hunt you down when we're in office. And you're going to pay a price. They're actually saying it. In the days ahead, there are going to be millions that try to destroy you because you're the only reason that there's restraint on them and their ability to fulfill the lust of their flesh. They want to lower the age of consent. I tell you, in 20, 30 years, you're going to see incest, even incest legalized. I'm here to tell you something. If you don't think that this message has anything to do with you personally, you're so very, very wrong. Very, very, very wrong. And now's the time to enter in to the reality of this. Now is the time. Jesus, now is the time. 
Glory to God. My friend, it's the car new to signs of the times. You need to know what's going on right now. How it affects you personally. Your spouse, your children. I want to tell you something. Drugs are at epidemic proportions. Man, I can't tell you the number of people. We do opioid counseling. Like I shared in our initial session, I had a young man come in. And he had been Narcan back five times. And he said, you my 10 best friends in the last year are dead. I'm going to tell you, that, that's, the, that's the devil in the spirit of murder. <clears throat> but these are drugs that are bringing destruction. And I guarantee you this. The enemy will do anything and everything to legalize anything and everything. Now it's marijuana. Then it's going to be cocaine. Then it's going to be heroin. Who knows? It could be fentanyl. The enemy is utilizing the spirit of narcissism to destroy your society. And, and we just stand by. Well, you know, this won't hurt us. You know, this won't hurt us. This won't hurt. It's killing you. It's killing your kids, man. Man, they're trying to reduce the age of consent. In America now, it's 18. The progressive politicians. Let's bring it down to 16. Let's bring it down to 15. Let's bring it down to 14. Let's bring it down, 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 down. Why? So they can kill your kids. You see, as narcissism takes control in society, we judge right and wrong, not by what the Bible says, but by the kick that it gives to us. Well, certainly, man, the kid that's 15 should be able to experience sex with uh, just with a guy that's 18. Surely a kid that's 15 should be able to experience sex with somebody that's 40. Why, why, why would you deprive them of that great buzz? This is the mind of the narcissist. And if those of us with a rational mind, the mind of Christ, do not understand what's going on and do not fight against it, it will become the new norm. It is becoming the new norm. Listen to me. Pornography is destroying our nation. Right now, this is being recorded in, in November 2019. Just a year ago, there was images in the context of child pornography that Man, people entered into through websites and, and, and you know, all, all kind of vehicles. And in one year, I mean, we're talking about there's now millions of images more in 2019 being viewed. Pornography fuels the lust of the narcissist. Well, you know, my wife doesn't give it to me, so 
I'll get it this way. My husband doesn't do it for me, so I'll do it this way. That is classic narcissism. I'm just entitled to it. I need the vibe. Man, I heard somebody on a, uh, a commentator on television. And they said, you know what? This is today's society. I work eight hours. I come home. I say hi to my wife. I give her a hug. Grab something to eat. Give a hug to my kids. Help them with their homework for a few minutes. And then I do porn for an hour. I watch sports for an hour. And I do some marijuana for an hour. I do some pills. And I go to bed. Pornography is, honestly, a direct result of narcissism. The narcissist loves porn, thinks he's entitled to porn, always makes excuses to stay in porn. Notice that in 2 Timothy 3, it goes on to say a verse we didn't read. It says they, they're always saying, I want truth, but never entering into truth. The narcissist will always say, yeah, I'm seeking truth. It looks like he's going to change, but he never does. The narcissist says, says you know what? I'm working on it. But all the time, entering into harder porn. The narcissist always has an excuse for sin. I work to a degree with kids that have been trafficked. I want to tell you something. Your porn is one of the reasons that they're trafficked. You're feeding the perpetrator. I'm here to tell you something. If there wasn't a market for kids to be trafficked, they wouldn't be trafficked. The average age of the kid that's trafficked. The prime desire of the narcissist, of the perpetrator. The, the, the individual that's most requested. Ma'am, the narcissistic perpetrators. They request certain identities just like you order pizza. The number one age requested is 12 years old. Virgin. Girl or boy, for real. The average age of that girl or boy, once they've been trafficked, is seven years. They will die at 19. Do you think the narcissist cares? Do you really think the narcissist cares? The narcissist has no peripheral vision. The narcissist is blind. He's blind to anything that would try to negate the lust of his flesh that is the reason that he lives. He loves porn because he loves to see people control other people. He loves to enter in to anything that controls somebody under their detriment, the person being controlled. He gets a kick out of it. It's how he lives. There's so much on the heart of God. This is why the narcissist is usually a progressive in the context of uh, politics and 
uh, you know, uh, mindset because he doesn't want uh, uh, absolutes. Because he doesn't want anything or anyone to control him. But he wants to control you. And you see where there's absolutes is an inability in, in his eyes to control you. Jesus. It says in Psalm 2 that in the last days, let, let's go there if we would. Turn with me uh, to Psalm 2. I wasn't going to get into this, but I believe the Holy Spirit's saying to get into it now. Go with me to Psalm 2. We're talking about society and narcissism and murder and fear. Psalm chapter 2. The Bible says this. Oh, my, my, my. Here's what the narcissistic man says. The evil man. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together. I'm going to tell you, if you don't think the people are working together to destroy you, you're wrong. To take counsel against the Lord himself and against his anointed. Why does the devil hate you? Why do people just want to do their own thing to fulfill their own lust? Who are narcissistic hate you. They say, let us break their bands asunder. Let them break let us break the bands of restraint and cast them away. The cords of control from us. Absolutes control. Morality controls. Absolutes restrain. And they hate it. And accordingly, they hate God. They hate the Bible and they hate you. Shh. God says he will raise up a standard. All right. I know this is strong. But would you rather have your ears tickled? Well, you know, so you can just get, you know, pretend like it's not here. Your kids are being influenced in a way we're going to get to this that you can't even comprehend. All right. All right, let's look at the church. Can I tell you something? Whatever's in the world, we'll get into the church. Look at First and Second Corinthians if you don't believe that. Look at the Bible, <laughs> the Gospels and the Epistles. The narcissist is all about him. Right now, there's a spirit of narcissism in the church that is stronger than you could dream. Wow. Again, the mantra of the narcissist is I need to get this, I need to get this, I need to get this, and I need to get this. <clears throat> they are only concerned with themselves. That's why they can work 16 hours a day really have very little interaction with their spouse or their children under the auspices of providing for their spouse and children. See, the narcissist always has a rationale for what it does that looks good. In fact, one of the characteristics of narcissism is always having a good side that seemingly is greater than his weaknesses. He's the guy, man, that's a construction worker that will fix the elderly's house. He's the guy 
that always has a rationale. He gives to the fundraisers. He has fundraisers. And he's the guy that is the most dangerous person in the room, even under his own family. And then when his wife said, I need to have more time with you, he's working 16 hours a day, watching porn during that day, having an affair once a week. And when she brings up, I, you know, I just want to have some more time with you, the kids hardly know you, he blames her. Well, if you didn't buy that dress, I wouldn't have to work 16 hours a day. When he's got a when he and he's got a Mercedes in the garage and three of them, I'm not against prosperity. I'm against wrong motives in the context of prosperity. Jesus didn't say money is the root of all evil. He said the lust of money is the root of all evil. The narcissist has a lust. Everything's to get. He will put money above his own child. Mm. He lives by outward appearances. But you see, we're talking now about the church. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said a real shepherd, something that will die for the sheep. I'm going to tell you something. There are very few pastors I know that would die for the sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. It's how much can I get out of it. And we appoint leaders, honestly, that are more charismatic than somebody else. Even the person that's not as charismatic has a heart for God and would die for the people. But we appoint people as leaders that wouldn't die for their own family. And we exalt them because of outward appearance. Read 2 Corinthians, how they degraded Paul. How they destroyed Paul. So they could get away from what he was preaching, the true gospel. Because they said, you're not seemly. You can't speak as good as this person. Jesus. Man, there's more adultery in, 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 the, in the church than there is outside the church. Why? Because it's not that bad, right? And to the narcissist, it's not that bad. You're going to see things in the last days. I'm trying to go quick because my time's limited. You're going to see millions fall away from the faith because of the spirit of narcissism. A narcissist always, the narcissist always minimizes or negates anything that will cause him to have to pay a price. That's why so many people are saying there's no, no, there's no one way to heaven. There's not one way to heaven. Let's take the, uh, the, the, the word blood out of our hymnals because it's not politically or religiously correct. You're going to see millions fall. You're seeing it now. Top leaders that fought for the gospel, that preached the gospel, are no longer even saying that there's one way to heaven. According to a, a recent Paul, a Gallup poll, I believe, they, they, they said this. Almost half of the preachers in churches today no longer believe in the virgin birth. Or the word of God is completely the word of God. Why? Because the spirit of narcissism is in the air and they don't want to enter into anything that will cause them problems, that will cause them persecution, that will cause them have to take a stand for anything. The only thing the narcissist takes a stand for is himself. The only thing that he will fight for is anything and everything that he thinks will exalt him. Jesus. 
We said this regarding porn. It is one, it's a fruit of narcissism. My friend, can I tell you something? We're finishing up right now. I, 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 we've done a pilot study and we've had profound success. It's called Victory 7-7. It relates to how to enter into victory over pornography. 65% of men in churches struggle with pornography in one way or another, one form of another. And the number of women in the, in the pornography is just, it keeps going up, up, up. This is in the church. Because see, what's in the world will get in the church. I'm here to tell you this. It's time to take things seriously. The antithesis of narcissism is Jesus Christ. There's so much. Let me share this. This might get some people angry, but that's okay. Jesus got a lot of people angry. The point they wanted to kill him. But listen me out first before you make a wrong judgment in what I'm saying. The two doctrines that have changed my life more than anything are the doctrine of faith that just says faith begins where the will of God is known and God is good and the doctrine of grace of unmerited favor and divine ability mm, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through the blood that was shed. But I'm here to tell you something. There are millions in the church that have been taught that grace is an excuse for sin. That God just understands the whore you've become. And it's not that big of a deal. Just say, I'm sorry, Jesus. That's not repentance. Repentance, according to the Bible, is when it rips you apart. Repentance is mad when you can't take it anymore and you cry out for real grace and say, Jesus, deliver me, forgive me. I am so sorry. Oh, you're condemning me. No! I'm extending to you real grace. The grace that's preached by so many today is a narcissistic, a, a person that's narcissistic. That's his dream. It covers up his sin rather than having to deal with his sin. Now, not everybody that preaches grace says this, but there's so many that do receive it this way and preach it this way. I had somebody that I respected. I don't know if I respect them now. They say, you know, you're, you're in a hotel room, you, you know, commit adultery, have sex with somebody, and then you just wake up and just know, know this. God just, you still have his favor just like he did prior to this. I'm here to tell you something. I, only God knows how filthy that is. It is impossible. It is impossible to take the word of God and receive it in a way that causes you to break the heart of God, to destroy his name, in this case, holiness, and to tell God or believe that it's no big deal to God. I, it, it's incomprehensible. But you see, the evil within man that's unsaved and the soul of those who are saved are very vulnerable 
to things like that because they want to minimize truth so they can do their own thing and still be accepted by God. Jesus said to poor evil and cling to that which is good. In 2 Timothy 3, It shares of these people entering into narcissism in a way that it is who they are and it's their God. And he doesn't say, hey, I, I get it. You had a hard upbringing. It says avoid these people because of the destruction they have entered into. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, help your church, God. Help your church. How do people become narcissistic? A lot of it's in how you know and how we raise children today. So many parents, they baby their children. Some parents, and I'm not saying it's wrong for you know the husband and wife to work, but a lot of times they, they work 10 hours a day, they hardly see their kids, so they, they have a hard time disciplining them because they already feel guilty because they're not with them so much. You have to discipline your kids. If you don't discipline your child, you're teaching him that his behavior, anything he does is okay. We'll just love him. Well, love is discipline. Sometimes our child's going through a hard time. Instead of going through the hard time with them in a biblical way, seeing it as an opportunity, we just give the child what will keep them quiet, whether it's the video games. Man, I, uh, a family lived next door to us decades ago. And he had, uh, when he was born with a, a, a half a heart, and it was a miracle he survived, but... Man, they let him eat whatever he wanted to. When he was two, three years old, he ate sugar, sugar, sugar. He lost his, I mean, his teeth when he was 11. I mean, I, I like the young man, but the bottom line is life's a mess. Because they taught him. You see, rather than, listen to me, Psalm 23, said, oh, Jesus. In Psalm 23, this Lord, the Bible says, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, he, 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 I'm ordained to be blessed. Then it said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. It says, thy rod and thy staff will comfort me. It ends up by saying that I will seek God and I will live in victory. But you see, there's a, there's a promise, but then there's a time of battle, and then the provision is realized. We're not teaching our kids to go through things. We're teaching them to go around things. We do their homework for them. We do the science project for them. We enter into a place where we blame everyone else when they're having a hard time rather than causing them to enter into being responsible. You need to spend time with your kids. You need to go through challenges, not around them. We're teaching our children that, you know what? In many cases, we're teaching them, man, whatever feels good, do it. Man, when they see mom and dad getting drunk, when they see mom and dad getting high, when they see mom and dad watching porn, when they see mom and dad doing whatever, 
and they esteem mom and dad? Jesus. Do you really think that that's not creating a, an environment, a spirit of narcissistic behavior? We teach entitlement rather than responsibility. A lot of times someone enters into narcissistic behavior because their narcissistic behavior works. Bad behavior works. Uh, you know, statistics show that if you're in a company and you are somebody that is angry, you're somebody that is over-assertive, most of the time you will get promoted quicker than somebody that really is somebody that is not over-assertive or somebody that's not mean. Why? Because they're looking for people to control other people rather than looking for good behavior. People are taught that their bad behavior works. They're taught they get what they want when they cheat on their taxes. They get what they want when, when they can manipulate somebody else. They get what they want when they lie. They get what they want when they manipulate. And it enters in to narcissistic lifestyle. Sometimes somebody, man, they enter into a place where, for example, a sexual abuse victim. Take somebody that's nine years old, they're being sexually abused. Man, they have to become an adult real quick. And they find that something that works. Maybe it's just lying so they don't have to go over to Uncle John's house. Maybe it's, you know, some kids are going to just say, you know, and I'd rather be in jail. I'd rather be, you know, disciplined so I can stay home rather than go to do Uncle so-and-so or Aunt so-and-so's and get abused. So they enter into coping mechanisms that are wrong and they have these coping mechanisms can help for a time but they're made to be broken rather they can enter into behavior that's in the context of that which is narcissistic all right our fifth rationale is how to really get free from narcissistic behavior and again, this is an overview. In our last two sessions, we're going to enter into this in a very specific way. So our first rationale was to identify the narcissistic individual who is being a vehicle of destruction to your life or to somebody's life that you love. And they can't see it. They can't see it. I, I had a guy come into my office. Uh, he beat his wife. To the point she almost died. The wife would not report it. She said, you know, uh, deep down, he's a good guy. He's in my office. And I, I said, you should be in jail. He said, I get something out of beating her. I said, you know what you get out of it? Appeasing the narcissistic filth within you that you've become. And I began to explain to him some of the things that I'm explaining to you. Like it or not, people get off on hurting others. It may be under the auspices of masochism. It may be under the auspices of, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's demonic. I haven't figured it all out. But, you know, he looked at me. He said, uh, I'm, it's just amazing the rationales people come up with. You know, I was beat, so, you know. Uh, but the bottom line is this. Uh, you need to identify 
the perpetrator. And you need to enter into being free from destruction. That was number one. Second is society. We need to know what to pray against. How can you pray against narcissism when you don't know what it is? How can you let society go to hell through narcissism when you don't understand what narcissism entails? How can you stand up to narcissistic behavior when you're letting narcissistic behavior in your church or in your own life through your pornography, through your drugs, through your lowering the age of consent, through on and on and on? We need to be used of God to raise a standard. God says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise a standard. You are that standard. I'm going to tell you something. Your kids are being destroyed. Man, they're playing video games. They're taking them over. See, they get something out of it. And we need to enter into a place and say, you know what? You're satisfying your flesh. I don't care if the kid's nine. I don't care if the kid's 14. And say the only way that you're going to be satisfied is through Jesus Christ. You don't let society raise your kids. You don't let your, the society tell you what's right and what's wrong. You don't let society tell you how to raise your kids. You don't let society program your kids. Man, I see it all the time. Having worked in campus ministry at a university level, I mean, for decades. Mom and dad, you know, they're 18 now. Well, you know what? We have to take our hands off of them. We, we, you know, we can't have input into their lives anymore. And what happens is the input that's so vitally necessary is negated and there's a void there so the professor who doesn't believe in absolutes, the professor who mocks Jesus Christ, the professor who wants to go to bed with your daughter or your son, the professor who now has control of their lives in such a significant way has now taken your place. Well, I don't have her right now. He's 18. Can I tell you something? As long as he's bringing or she's bringing home their wash, you got a right. As long as they're under the roof, you got a right. You got a right no matter what because they're your child. They give the input that they so vitally need. We talk, Again, we talked about church. I, I tell you what, it, it, it's in the church. And if it goes unabated, it will destroy your church. We talked about raising children. We talked about entitlement. We talked about how bad behavior seems to work and coping mechanisms and how they continue on in someone's life. Now listen to me. We only have a few minutes left. I'm going to elaborate on this and all of the things we just discussed. But the only way to enter into true deliverance from narcissism is to enter into what's right. Notice this, after he shares all about the narcissistic man, he says, you know what? I endured persecution. I endured affliction. This is Apostle Paul teaching. He says, all those who live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. Then he talks about in verse 16, the power and the glory of the written word of God. 
The opposite of narcissism is selflessness. We need to understand life is not a game and it's not without challenge. Most people have not been taught how to enter in to fight through the challenge. Most people have not been taught. Man, so they go to heroin. They go to cocaine. So I see, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. God's telling you, you can deal with it through Jesus Christ, that you can do all things through Christ. God's letting you know, according to the book of Revelation, that it's time that to buy real gold. And how you get real gold is entering into a place where you go through challenges. You go through trials. You even join in the challenges, in the persecution, because it gives God glory, because instead of running from him, you're running to him, and you enter into a place of being like Jesus Christ who is willing who is willing even now is the author and perfecter of your faith man when you're struggling he doesn't condemn you he's there to help you he's in you can you imagine the Holy Spirit being in you and then you go to bed with somebody else he's still in you where'd he go man he's there when you're, you're doing that act he's there when you're smoking your weed he's there when you're you're viewing your porn he's there man when you're putting yourself above your wife and your kid he's there you enter into selflessness through Jesus Christ. Understanding that you love him because he first loved you. You enter into a willingness to go through trial. It, it might be just disciplining yourself to be in the word. It might be giving up something. It might be going to somebody and sharing the gospel with them and you have a fear of rejection. The provision for narcissism is Jesus Christ. Is seeing that life is not about getting a, a thrill that's so cheap and paying for it in a way that we can't even comprehend. Life is about conforming to the image of Jesus Christ because he is worthy and he alone is worthy. Man, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I did this on the initial session. I wasn't planning on doing it now. But come on, man. Isn't it time to grow up? A narcissist is someone that's never grown up, man. Isn't it time to become a man? And it's time to become a woman of God. You can't grow up unless you get born again. Right now, if you're religious but not saved. Right now. Say with me, Jesus, I repent of my selfishness. I repent of the deception that in my selfishness somehow I'm better than most and I'll be okay on the day of judgment. I repent of being self-absorbed. And I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. The greatest sin is not you being first in my life. Come into my life now and cause me to be through the new birth like you.
Jesus is, I tell you, sense his presence in an amazing way. You see, people argue about the most stupid things. Christians, so many times, they major in minors. My friend, I'm going to tell you this once again. The Bible is filled with admonition regarding the last days that we're living in. If you are not ready for the last days, you're going to be swept up in the spirit of narcissism. If you're not ready, I tell you, it might be too late to get ready. Man, your child, man, again, he sees you drunk. He sees you smoking weed. He sees you watching porn. And then he gets addicted to heroin. And he might not have tomorrow. Now, I'm not putting a guilt trip on anybody. But I'm here because God forgives. And he's not there to condemn you. But I tell you, it's not a game. If you don't think you affect other people's lives, you're wrong. It's a time to fear God. To enter in to loving him fully. And to say, God. I want to be like you. I want to give myself to you, even as you have given yourself to me.